Welcome to Empowered Thinking at Play, hosted by me, Kim Nelson, writer, meditation teacher, confidence coach, and someone with a very curious mind. This is a new series of podcasts which brings together a panel of strong-minded women to talk about topics that may be seen as slightly controversial. We'll be looking at topics that are often misinterpreted, especially in relation to women. Topics that may be seen as taboo but shouldn't be, and topics that need to be discussed in order to make us feel more empowered. Yes, indeed, views, ideas and opinions will not be suppressed in this series called Uncensored Conversations. So the first topic in this new series of Uncensored Conversations is talking about sexuality. Now this word, like the word empowerment, is misunderstood, confusing and full of judgment. Now according to Wikipedia, sexuality is the way people experience and express themselves sexually. This involves biologically, erotically, physically, emotionally, socially and spiritually. And yet we're not aware of all these themes that are attached to this word or the fact that sexuality is an important part of who we are. But often we're not able to really explore our sexuality because of so much judgment from others, which results in questioning ourselves. Sexuality is never really explained to us either, but we become aware of it as we start puberty, although I think nowadays it's way before that. The author, Naomi Wolf, sums it up in her book, The Beauty Myth, when she says... Today's children and young men and women have sexual identities that spiral around paper and celluloid phantoms, from Playboy to music videos to the female torsos in women's magazines, features obscured and eyes extinguished. They are being imprinted with a sexuality that is mass-produced, deliberately dehumanising and inhuman. But it shouldn't be like that which is why I've brought together six women from all different backgrounds, which includes diverse nationalities, to start a conversation, uncensored, talking openly and candidly about sexuality. Real conversations. So I kicked off the discussion with a question. Discovering our sexuality can be a liberating, exciting and positive experience. Who has felt these feelings? Coming up is Lila, who describes herself as Scottish, British and Lebanese, followed by Thais, originally from Brazil, now living in Belgium. Puberty was a very (laughs) exciting, awakening experience and discovering, you know, my sort of sexual power, I guess, um, at that kind of, in, in my teenage years was... I found it incredibly empowering, um, maybe contrary to what other people might have thought about me at the time. The subject was always open, my family, so especially with my mom, because my parents, they are divorced. So I, I never had really problem to, to express it, but for sure, um, with hormones and everything, I felt a bit, uh, not, not lost, but was like surprising. Uh, at the same time, even though even though knowing uh, the process and how it would, would maybe be and everything, but I think uh, empowering was more 
I can say when I was also knowing more who I am, not just in sexuality, saying like, uh, but also as a woman, as a person, even more when I started to focus more in my spirituality, my yoga, doing yoga, like uh, the connection between my mind and my body. Yes, I think it was like this. Definitely the mind-body connection is really important in discovering your sexuality. For me, that happened when I trained to be a yoga teacher and I discovered more about my sexuality then and also through meditation. Coming up is Joe B. Project. She was actually on my first ever podcast. She is a singer and voice coach and she talks about the journey of her sexuality. I think I've been, I've been through stages that have been pretty kind of, now that I think about it, I've never really thought about it because I come from very Catholic and religious background. Then I went through rebellion to being a punk and a grunge girl. But I had my first boyfriend relationship when I was already like, I think, 13 and making out. And uh, then... But I was like the kind of grunge, you know, I had my punk band. I was like, it's like insane. I was like a rock star or something. And then I went through, and then I went through throughout um, high school. I went into uh, a period of being like this super, like, I would like dress up with the girls, like high heels, mini skirts, going discotheque and being like, you know, the kind of pop scene. And then it was just so a kind, it's interesting to look through all the stages. Then like um, with years and also discovering myself physically more and more. And then spiritually, it's just like with me, with every year, it's been getting just better and better and more and more exciting. It's uh, quite a journey. And I'm just, just turned 40. Haha, and I'm really looking forward to the, yeah, like, tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) the journey of sexuality is certainly very interesting and coming up is julie now she's an interesting character she teaches african dance which also raises a lot of eyebrows because she is a white blonde american woman living in texas teaching west african dance um i you know just reflecting on what you're hearing you guys and thinking about how I grew up, I was always, you know, in my body because I've started dancing very young. But I think also growing up in the United States, it's it's a bit of a like these extremes of like there's like this pure like underlying puritanical um uh you know, we're not supposed to have sex, we don't talk about sex, we don't, you know, but you're especially when I was growing up and still even more now, like the images that you see um are so different you know than than that you know like you, you see growing up we saw on tv or whatever like people being very sexual but um it was like in my home we didn't talk about it but i was very like sexual i started you know i was sexually active as a you know teenager so um it, it's just been interesting i think as i've gotten older definitely i've become more f- comfortable with th- with who i am sexually but i think I was always pretty, it was, I was always comfortable in my body, but not, I guess, I don't know if this makes sense, but in my mind, it was almost like I was judging myself on some level for being this very sexual being, you know, because of, 
maybe my family or, I mean, I was never, you know, I was never like really oppressed by my family about it, but, but just there's, again, this underlying, um, underlying set, you know, about being, you know, being a sexual being. I mean, I just said to my friend the other day, I was like, ah, I'm 50. I, now I feel comfortable walking out of my house without a bra on and I'm fine. I have no problem going to the pharmacy and buying, you know, lubricant and having a guy at the checkout. Like, I'm like, Hey, I don't care. You know, <laughs> but it's taken how many years to feel comfortable, you know? I mean, it's, it's really interesting, but I think physically I've always been very comfortable, you know, um, with my body and, 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 being a sexual being, but it's like how then, you know, how others see it or in society, it's like hearing mixed messages hasn't been, has been difficult. So. It's really about the voices that we hear outside that becomes our voice eh, in the back of our mind. So I think it is this that is the, the contradiction that we have within us. I think it's, it's really about waking up, you know, being more awake about uh, ourselves and we accepting ourselves as we are. But it's really interesting how, how we, we confuse ourselves because of these voices. Eh? Julie's experiences are certainly relatable. Coming up is Helen talking about her experience of growing up in Sweden. Now, Julie, you were saying about, you know, you sure. can leave the house with no, with no bra on. You know, I grew up in Sweden and as a teenager, I didn't wear a bra at all. I didn't need one. I didn't need, physically need to wear one. So why dinner? But there was uh, an Irish family, really lovely family. And she had no breasts, but wore a bra because that was a thing to do when she got to a certain age. And this just completely passed me by. And because I thought, it was, but it, it almost does that become a sexual thing because of of the environment? I, I don't know. As you say, thankfully, I was completely oblivious. Um, but I thought that's quite an interesting thing. You know, it's the environment behind all, all, all the rules and the whatever. Certainly an interesting question posed by Helen. I, for one, also abandoned my bra during the lockdown. And it also reminds me of a question once asked to Michelle Obama in the Guardian newspaper when she was asked, was the end of your husband's presidency the equivalent of taking your bra off after a long day in terms of complete freedom? I think that's how a lot of women feel. The conversation then steered towards how we feel about our naked body. To Holland for love and then after a year and a half the guy said, I don't love you anymore, so I came home. Now, during this time, I put a little bit of weight on. I actually didn't love myself that much. So I thought, what can I do to make myself feel good? So I became a life model. So I had to take all my clothes off and people would draw me. Now, when I first turned up for my first session, never ever having done this before, I was told that there was going to be a photographer there as well. So, so there was a photographer there. Um, female woman, I got on really, really well. And, you know, I had to sort of sign all the photographs away. And I had to look at myself and go, if, was I just saw overweight, not very attractive, but I thought to myself, had this been any other woman apart from me, I would have gone, that looks amazing. 
So I had to step myself away and go, those are really, really cool. So yeah, I mean, I still look at them and go, amazing. And one of them actually came, uh, was on Vogue online. So my naked body has been on Vogue online. So to me, that's just a, it's just an interesting way of kind of going, I had to do something to fall in love and feel good about me and my body and go, I have to love myself again. You know, I think I would never, I could do this, for example. And I'm like supposed to be this like pop star. Like, um, it's not that I'm struggling. It's not that I'm um, don't love my body, but I think you know, like you've mentioned this breakup thing. It definitely does crush you in a way, and it's happened to me several times. And I do believe it has undermined uh, my uh, own. Uh, judgment of myself in a way like you know I thought oh this one didn't love me this one didn't love me so uh, uh, am I lovable things you know it's you can go further and further um, it's not that I'm like uh, you know honestly when I see those pop videos right now and but it's not like I'm judging but it's my opinion uh, on one hand why not you want to get naked be naked I just saw a video from a French Parisian artist. She's totally naked. She's like, uh, I don't know what size, but definitely doesn't care. You know, she's very empowered, very freed. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a piece of art. But then when you see like um, the majority of videos with girls wearing nothing, always with the breast out and the, you know, twerking of their everything on top of it, fake, etc. the Botox, the this, the that, the that, the that. You go like, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm just worried for those young girls, you know, because they are comparing themselves. And I think it does really influence the mentality of the young girls because I'm seeing that. Uh, but it, for me as an artist, I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to get naked and for my next video clip to get attention? <laughs> or I'll go like, sex, 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 fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Oh, I got your attention. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm a prude, but I'm like, I do cherish my privacy and it's very intimate and I want to keep it private. I'm not going to get naked. Even though I got almost topless from one of my um, album covers i was like topless but you could still like it was artistic topless you know yeah so it's kind of controversial but i'm like uh i don't feel like i even do show it i don't it's private it's my thing i share it with the world so that's my feeling i think that is amazing and everything I would do it, but at the same time, I wouldn't do it if it would look a little bit too much uh, more, uh, too much sexual, you know, than sensual. The conversation then moved away from the naked body onto the controversial song of the moment by Cardi B and Megan T. Stallion, which I think most people have heard of what? Is it a song of empowerment or is it degrading to women? I, I don't follow a lot of pop culture, but um, I do live in Houston, where, <laughs> is where Beyonce is from and also Megan Thee Stallion. The Stallion actually wrote a really interesting article that was in the New York Times about, from her perspective of like, 
probably what you know what what you might be bringing up, but of a of how that um, if you guys are familiar, I don't know if you've all seen the video, but um, that it was really they she believes and and so did Cardi B. They said this is us taking charge taking taking charge of our own sexuality and portraying it how we choose to do so. It's an empowerment, you know, which is really interesting. That I think especially you know women that I consider much younger than me, you know, being very vocal about that. And I think it's also depending on, you know, again, that culture and societal context, historical context, um, you know, if you're, if, if you're coming from, a, if, if you're a, like here in the United States, if you're a black woman, you've been oppressed your whole life for generations. So it's a way of pushing against, like rebelling and saying, this is who I am, you know? And so anyways, I, 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 don't, I don't have much of an opinion about that, but I just, because I'm surrounded by, you know, I teach young people and I see how they move their bodies and how very comfortable in their bodies um, in movements that might be considered sexual, but the, the intention behind it may not be something like, it, it may just be that this is how I'm expressing myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's really uh, interesting. Uh, interesting to think about. Can you see documentaries of when people first saw Elvis Presley shaking his thing and people are like, oh, yeah, I was oh what? What's he doing? That's far too sexual. We're not like, what? You know, yeah. that's really cool. But so we, it's kind of each generation, whatever, gets just pushed further. I don't know. On that topic, I could talk forever. I'm going to try to keep it short because this touches upon so many issues. I've been uh, actually in hip hop and women in hip hop for 10 years, a decade. I'm a founder of female hip hop collective in Belgium, Superfly. And girls, I mean, it's a freaking history. You know, I totally agree. Men do this all the time. When girls do that, oh, we have to silence Oh, we need to finger point. Shh, hush, hush. I have been hushed so many times and shushed and this and that. I had even recently a man trying to tell me how and what I should say when I was getting on the stage with a microphone, but I was holding the mic. Literally, I got stories. They're going to pop in my book later on. But the thing is that, you know, uh, and so what if she wants to say that, you know, uh, you know, freak, bitch, etc. all that cursing, it's, you know, um, there you go. If you don't like it, don't listen. I'm vibing on it. I wouldn't probably do this myself. Um, but at the same time, sometimes when a girl wants to curse, a girl wants to curse. And so what? And who has the right to tell her she shouldn't or she, you know, ain't got the right to do so, for example. So the story goes long. You know, actually, when I heard this song first time, I was vibing so hard that my Instagram stories, like pretending I'm Cardi B without even knowing exactly the lyrics and getting what it meant because I heard it like on the Insta app and I was like vibing. Oh, that's so dope. And so what? It's like, this is dope dope ass party you know you know party song and you can just have fun uh, but no we need to criticize we need to you know finger point we need to say oh why is she doing she's naked or she's this she's that and also uh, criticizing the body whatever they've done to themselves it's their business you know everyone mind your own business all the rappers 
are doing way, way worse and more, you know, um, um, uh, extravagant stuff than this. They're doing everything. They're drinking vodka on, on videos, drugs, I mean, etc. You know, so story goes long. Uh, I vibe with this. Love it. That's it. <laughs> So there you go, WAP. It reminds me of the song in the late 80s by Salt and Pepper, Push It. That was also an expression of sexuality. So the conversation steered towards how we felt liberated by our sexuality. And coming up is Shabnam, who grew up in the Middle East until she was 18. Her sexuality being suppressed all that time until... She moved to New York of all places and then it was like, wow, sexuality awoken. For me, I guess listening to that, so um, to everyone's comments, I think I also do agree as time changes, um, I, I personally have felt differently about myself or my body or my freedom. And, and I come probably amongst all of you, I'm the only one that I come from the background of, let's say, best of both worlds. Um, I, I grew up in the Middle East, but then I also, most of my um, teenage years and, and adult life, I was in the States. So um, where I went from a totally closed environment into um, an environment that I had to little by little adapt myself. Julie was actually was like an ultimate woman for me, even though I was older than her. But then seeing her so feeling comfortable about herself, it's, it was something that I was not used to. And, and all of the things that she had done, all of the things that yeah, freedom of herself and her body and her movement and watching her dance the way she was dancing and I went from a totally closed in environment to be sitting in the clubs, Africans in New York. It's, it was more of a sensuality than just the sexuality. It, it was freedom of body and mind being so synced in. And, um, and of course, it goes beyond following her over the years and, um, and seeing her, how beautiful she is in her movements and and um, her freedom. I mean, that, I, I think it's a 360 um, behavior and, and not necessarily just so how much more videos we're selling um, in, in the name of saying that, oh, we're so free in our body, so I'm just going to get naked so that I can have more Instagram followers or more. Shabnam raises a very good point there about having the freedom to own our sexuality and honouring our body. I did have a question though. Why are we judged so much on our sexuality? This is something that prevents us from really expressing ourselves the way we would like. Julie has an opinion about that. <laughs> I think it's the, um, the patriarchy. You know, I think it's, I think it goes to that root, the root of that, you know, and for myself as the Judeo-Christian, but even, you know, I'm making an assumption, you know, like Shabnam growing up in the Middle East, like with Islam too, it's like, there's this, there's this um, need to control women, you know, um, and 
And I think it's, I really think that's the root of it. Even, even because mm. even as women, even if we can, even if we um, identify, I don't know if everybody does, but even if, if we identify as feminists, um, if, if, when you grow up in a culture that is, te you know, is teaching you this, this, this way of being in the world, like we, we embody that as well. We embody patriarchy as well, just by the notion of going up into a system that's male dominated, you know, and I'm not saying that all men are that way or all women are that way, but I think it's really, um, it's, 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 um, it's, um, it's part of of the, that bigger that bigger um society you know that 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 um i don't know the word i'm looking for but the culture it's a it's a part of our underlying culture if we're you know growing up you know whether we're from you know european or or um from you know the americas or you know wherever wherever that the european culture has been has been um uh supreme let's put it that way you know and i'm using those terms of like supremacy right like that we've been taught those things whether whether we've whether you know it's like we're enculturated that way you know i also have a background in anthropology so that like informs my way of like viewing the world of course this topic of sexuality which covers so many different themes could have gone on all night but i decided to end on one last question how can we take ownership of our sexuality so i think one thing that, that we have to do is like notice when we're when we're judging ourselves because we don't really have a lot of control over what other people are doing in their own heads mm -hmm. and, on, and in their own minds and so it's about sort of you know raising those those blocks or those putting up some ideas to stop when those i then those thoughts start coming into your head how you're going to tackle those like for me um I've always been like, as with a Lebanese mum and quite dark hair, a lot of hair, I've always been quite a hairy woman and or a hairy girl or whatever. And so I've done work while well, I started growing out basically all my, my armpit hair, all my leg hair, all those things. And um, initially I got a lot of, you know, different reactions from people. Like my bestest friends would be like, oh my God, Lila, this is disgusting. Like people have extreme reactions to it. But you have to, you know, I was determined to, to see this through. And so it was like, well, I have to just accept that people are going to feel like that about it, but that's their thing. And I have to decide how I feel about it and what's my thing. Finding those ways to, to stick to the patriarchy, like from, from in your own mind. This is crazy because actually um, the hair story this is insane, but for the first time in 20 years, I'm growing my natural hair because I've been always coloring, always pitch perfect this, pitch perfect that, and I don't give a like, whatever damn. And I got back home to Poland, to my little town, and the first comment that I hear from my bestie, uh, you know, in my hometown, she goes on, she sees me, and she goes, Oh my God, bloody hell, you look like shit. What have you done? You can see your roots. You can see your gray hair here and there. Oh, in your age, in this age, you can't allow yourself to look like this. <laughs> and you know and what? And I was like, oh my God. And I write it down again and I pinch myself. I zip it. I'm like, and I say, girl, but this is new fashion trend in Paris. 
<laughs> oh, in your age, a bloody hell. And then you know what? Let me, this is going to be painful, ladies. I have only been criticized by women. I don't remember a man, because I am very strong. I don't like mess around. I can kill with my looks and they don't even approach. They're scared. And those heard were women, the little jealous, little sneezy, easy peasy. <laughs> oh, I'm on stage, girls. I'm on stage in my own performance and some bitch yells at me, Joby, suck in your stomach. It's because it's not flat enough. Enough. We can see it from the audience. What the I got zillion of stories, girls. I'm like, and you know what? And it's women to women. Women to women. I've been supported by men throughout my whole career. They would get my back. They would treat me equally, but it would be women who would be like, oh, you're not standing straight. Oh, suck in the belly. Oh, do this, do that. How dare you? I'm like, I... Uh, but, you know, for me, it's a joke. It's a circus. I'm like, do you think I care? No. So this is, uh, I mean, a little bit, you know, that's another chapter in my stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. It's, so no, there you go. How you, you own it. You own it. This is it. I was literally recently going on television here in Belgium and I was again tempted to, to dye my hair because I was like, I'm 40. I should dye my hair. I'm going on television national millions of people are going to see me. And you know what? I didn't. I just <laughs> went on. <laughs> so this that's ownership you know i agree with you jerry i mean i've i've done kind of this and the only the only criticisms i've had are from women i think it's also very much their own insecurities that's kind of mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's aging it's that we're not meant to age we're meant to look young and wonderful and skinny and thingy and whatever and it's like oh so that's, that's it. It's almost like we've got so many things to contend with. We must look like this. We must look young. We must be superhuman. We must be great mothers. We must be this. We must be that. And then everything else. And be sexual. And, 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 and. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa. Strip some of that away, then, then it'll be kind of like easier. But you're right. Having, having that from, from your own sisters is, is hard. Mm -hmm. see, it's, it's, total insecurity total. yeah i had once a friend told me in the face that, that she was for example pretending to be my fan that she didn't never really believed in my music wow. stuff like that girls i've recently had another feminist from a political uh, activist organization here in belgium that wrote an email in order to eliminate me from a conference because she thought she was jealous and she thought that she should be in the panel instead of me i don't want to use the word label because that's the wrong thing so i work in construction so i work with a lot of men so and says something in a really quite aggressive way and I say something back in a really aggressive way. He's powerful. I'm a bitch. So, but it's why do we label? And I get the label um, from mainly women, not always the men.
and it's it, I, it's it's interesting and it's like i swear just as much as they do helen you shouldn't swear so much and i'm like why the fuck not <laughs> they are <laughs> i am it clears my throat chakra to say <laughs> yes <laughs> i find that's very very interesting if you have a man and a woman who does exactly the same thing then why are we labeling we i'm not saying us here mm, mm. but as women we label oh he is so powerful oh my god she's pmt pms she's having a bad day <laughs> what it's it's sort of labeling so somebody might say helen you're aggressive and i go no i'm assertive yeah yes. yeah you asked the question you said um how can we take ownership and what can we do of course the topic being a very um a lengthy topic and it doesn't have we don't have enough time to go over all the areas um, but even the continuation of of chats and podcasts or activities help us to voice um, our inner self help us to discuss and then hopefully this could be used and podcasts and used for others and other young girls like your daughter um, if, if we can give the support to one another, like-minded people, if we can give the support to one another, if we can also be the educator of the young ones, um, it, there are many layers into this topic. And um, so it, what you're doing is actually opening up the door of the discussions for this kind of topics and empowering others, um, other women and other young girls. The, to me, that's how we can take ownership. Shabnam there, bringing us back to the word empowerment, which is what the aim is of this podcast. And it was interesting because my 11-year-old daughter was listening to this conversation, which was recorded via Zoom. She is an 11-year-old girl going through puberty and is much more developed than the other children at her school and is often picked on because of it and she said to me I am never going to let anybody make me feel bad about my body again. It makes me think that if we can encourage all girls to think like that how powerful will their mindset be? But I would also like to add here we did talk about women, women who have insecurities who are judgmental of other women but it also comes with men with insecurities and especially if you're in a relationship with a man who is insecure, this is also going to have an effect on how you feel about your body and your sexuality. Next time, we will be discussing the difference between sexuality and sensuality, two words that often get confused with each other. And I just want to end with a quote. You can tell who the strong women are. They are the ones building each other up instead of tearing each other down. And just to add, check out my website, which is mindfulthinkingatplay.com, where I have some empowering online courses. Until next time. <laughs>